Well, we have a lot to be thankful for, don't we? And with the Lord, there's always more. And not just a little bit more. With Him, have you looked up in the night sky recently? (laughs) You know, uh, one of the revelations I got some years ago was that traditional religion does not reveal God. Uh, much of what the you know religion of man is a distorted concept of God. Romans tells us that everything about God, including the eternal Godhead, is revealed in what He has made. And so, if you want revelation of God, uh, Look at the creation. Look at the mountain ranges. Look at the oceans. Look up into the night sky. That's God. Not somebody who spent a lot of time in university. It's the idea of what God might be. Is everybody awake? You understand what I'm talking about? Look, uh, uh, one, one strong believer minister back many, many years ago had never seen the ocean, and and uh, he got to see the Pacific for the first time. He got to the coast, and and uh, they asked him what he wanted to do. He said, I just want to sit here for a while. And so he just sat down on the sand and just looked. And he sat there for a long time. And finally, one of the guys came back and said, uh, what, what what are you looking at? What do you, what do you see? He said, I see God. I see God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that's true. And you look up in the night sky. You see God. Hallelujah. The heavens declare His glory. Hallelujah. He's big. (laughs) And He's your daddy. Oh, somebody say, my daddy is the biggest daddy there's ever been. (laughs) And you can't say my daddy's bigger than yours because we got the same daddy. Me and you do. All born again people do. Um, go with me, please, to 1 Corinthians, excuse me, 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, 2 Corinthians 1. You may be surprised, but I am not continuing with last week's uh, idea. Actually, may have done a single. Praise God. Now, don't get too excited because who knows? I mean, it may not be done. But uh, in checking my heart about tonight, I believe I'm impressed with this. And you'll see why I said some of the things I did earlier in just a moment. In 2 Corinthians, the first chapter and the 19th verse, and I'm reading this out of the complete Jewish Bible, the complete Jewish translation. I like the way it said it here. Uh, He says, for the Son of God, the Messiah, Yeshua, who was proclaimed among you through us, that is through me and Silas, we say Silas, and Timothy, was not a yes and no man. Jesus is not a yes and no man. On the contrary, with him, it is always yes. Yes. 
You see why I'm reading this one? For however many promises God has made, they all find their yes in connection with him. Everything we have by the grace of God is through Jesus. There are no blessings that we have that are apart from Jesus. They're all through him and by him because of what he has done. His substitution, his death, burial, and resurrection in our place. However many promises God has made, they all find their yes in connection with him. Now, I don't know if you uh, know fully what I'm talking about, but many people try to break off blessings apart from redemption. They'll say, well, God can do this, but it's not necessarily part of redemption. Why? Because redemption's for everybody. If it's in Christ, if he bought it and paid for it, why wouldn't it belong to everybody? And it does. They all find their yes in connection with him. That is why it is through him that we say the amen when we give glory to God. Moreover, it is God who sets both us and you in firm union with the Messiah. He has anointed us. That's a good confession. Say it out loud. He has. Say it again. He has anointed us. Verse 22 says, and put his seal on us. You could sit like this, and he has put his seal on us. And he has given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee for the future. This is referring to all that has been bought and paid for in our redemption, accomplished through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. Um, Go with me to Romans chapter 10, excuse me, Romans chapter 10, and notice this. Brother Dave Vaughn's here this week. He's been running all around, looking at building supplies and all that kind of thing. And uh, he and I got to talking this week, and something came up, and we got all stirred up about it. And um, and I don't always do that, but um, I felt impressed to preach to you about it, too. Is that all right? <clears throat> so then uh, Brother Dave won't have all the revelation. You, you'll have it, too. <clears throat> uh we, we talked about this question. Somebody had asked, why won't God heal me? Why won't God heal me? And uh, <coughs> they had prayed, prayed. Time had passed. And obviously they're, they're frustrated and disappointed. And so what's the answer to this question? What is the, the answer? We begin to talk about it. In Romans 10, notice verse 6. Do you believe there's an answer to this question? Yes. What will the truth do for you? Make you 
that will make you free. In Romans 10 verse 6, he said, The righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. Say not in your heart. So now what is the scripture telling us? Don't Don't say this. Look at your neighbor. Help him out and say, don't say this. Don't say what? Don't say what? Who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above? Keep going. Who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead? But what says it? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart, which is the word of faith, which we preach. Thank you, Lord. That if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes to righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Why did he say don't say this? And then he talked about believing and confessing. He's talking about trying to get God to come down and do something. Are you all with me, friends? What did he say? Don't say that. Trying to get, uh, you know, and, and why talking about bringing up Christ from the dead? Well, that's what he did for us in redemption. Again, whether it's in height above or in depth below, trying to get the Lord to do something for us. He said, don't say that. Why? Because the answer, the solution, is as close as your mouth and your heart. It's not a matter of trying to get God to come down and do something. Anybody with me? Yes. There are two prayers, I'm not saying these are the only two, two prayers God cannot answer. One is, if you're asking him to do what he's already done, how could he answer that prayer? If you're asking him to do what he's already done, that's a prayer, even though he loves you, he wants to help you. How does he answer that prayer? Secondly, if you're asking him to do what he told you to do, how does he answer that prayer? Is he just going to change and say, I, I know I told you to do that, but since you've asked me, you know, 493 times, I'm, forget that, I'm going to do it for you. No, God doesn't change. He doesn't play favorites. That's not how it works. Is everybody with me? Does that make sense to you that these are two prayers he can't answer? No matter how much he cares about you, no matter how much you beg, no matter how much you cry, no matter how bad it is, how can he answer those prayers? You asking him to do something he's already done. Jesus is not going back to the cross again. Right? 
He's not going back to the scourging post again. How many believe Jesus is not on the scourging post tonight? And he is not in the tomb tonight. Is that right? He's not on the cross. Now we're talking about we got Resurrection Sunday here. We're going to celebrate on Sunday. And we're going to talk about it. But he's not on the cross. Right? Jesus is not on the cross. And he's not in the tomb. We are very different from other religions. You can't go to a site and see our founder's tomb with, with the body in it. You know, and I, you know, maybe they, they think they found it. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But talking about the one the Lord was in for a few days, but it's empty. Right. That's right. Yeah? Whether it's the wrong one or right one, if you find the right one, it's empty. You believe it or not? It's empty. He's not there. And so trying to get God to save us, to heal us, to deliver us, he's already done it. You believe it or not? It was accomplished. I mean, when Jesus went to the scourging post, when those thorns were jammed into his, in his scalp, when he was nailed to the cross... When he gave up the ghost, when they took him off the cross, when they put his body in the tomb, when he descended into the deep, when and when you know when he said at one point, uh, "It is finished," when he was raised from the dead, how many believe it has been done? Has it been done or not? Man, I feel like I'm preaching Sunday's message right now. Has it been done? Then. How does it work for us to pray and ask God to do it again? It's just as accurate to ask God to save as it is to ask him to heal. It'd be just as accurate for a a person who's not been born again to say, God, why won't you save me? Can you see that? And both of them are incorrect. And... Now, the Lord's merciful. He he knows when we don't know and when we don't understand. And he'll help us as much as we can, but he's given us the book and the author of the book. We're supposed to get in it and find out what he said, right? We're not supposed to just believe anything we decide to believe. We're supposed to believe what he told us. Are you all okay? Go with me to Ephesians, the first chapter. Ephesians chapter 1. And let's begin in verse 3. Ephesians 1, 3. What does it say? Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who's going to bless us? Huh? (laughs) Right? If you'll do this and do that and do the other and do the other, then he's, he's going to bless you one day. No, he has blessed us with what? Not just enough to get started. Come on, read it out loud, saints. He has, has. What, what, what does has mean? Already done. 
I mean, it's not the best English, but already done did. Right? (laughs) He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Now, now don't hear the word spiritual and think, well, that's great, that's great, but I'd like some temporal blessings too. The spiritual blessings are the source of the temporal blessings. They're not separate. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. When we need something and we say, God, please do this for me. There's not a scramble in heaven to try to put something together (laughs) and make it happen for us. You're talking about the Ancient of Days who knows the end from the beginning. You have never surprised him with something that you need. Never. Never has any of us rushed in and go, oh God, this thing just came up and I've got to have this money by the end of the week or by the end of the month. And him look over and go, Michael, Gabriel, when did this happen? What? What what are we going to do? What what can we do to make that? No, 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 no. It has already been provided and choreographed. And if, this this is where it comes in. If we're on the right path, doing what he told us to do, On this path of the just that gets brighter and brighter as we go, already it has been prearranged that we intersect the blessings and the provision. All along the way. It's there before you get there. Now if you're doing your own thing and you're hard-headed and stubborn, And you don't care about the plan of God. And you won't listen to him. You're on a different road entirely. And I'm going to know on a different road, you go through different towns. You go through different places. And sadly, if you're on a wrong path and road, you're not on the path that God's provision is on. And you go through things you shouldn't go through. You go through places And situations and experiences that you never should have gone through. And that doesn't mean God forsakes you. He still loves you. He'll help you. He'll have mercy on you. But if you want what he has, you got to get on the right path. you got to find out from him where you're supposed to be. What you're supposed to be doing. And get in there and stay in there. A lot more of it is up to us. Than many people believe. And we'll see that that further as we go. Keep reading in Ephesians. I want you to say it one more time. Before we leave this wonderful third verse though. Say it out loud. He has. has Blessed me. me With all spiritual blessings. blessings In heavenly places. places. Now look in this first chapter. Before he finishes. There's a prayer that a number of you may be familiar with 
that he prays, the Spirit of God inspired this prayer to be prayed for the, cha- the church at Ephesus, and it's recorded for all of us. It's right to pray this over yourself. But in Ephesians 1 and uh, 16, he says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And then he tells, the Spirit of God reveals part of what he's been praying. Praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, that you may know what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints that you may know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Are you part of the church? Are you part of the body? Even if you're on the bottom of the body, on the bottom of the little toe, the enemy is under your feet. Is that right? Why? Because you're part of the body of Christ. He's the head, we're the body, which the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Somebody say glory to God, glory to God, glory. Now listen to what he's praying though. He's not praying that God would come down and give them revival. Are you all with me? That God would come down and do miracles for them. Now, I know we're, you know, poking some holy cows here. (laughs) But what's he praying? He's praying that they and us would find out. What the Lord has done for us. Come on, can you see this? That we would, our eyes would be enlightened. Our heart, our mind, we would understand. We'd get a hold of what Jesus did in his death, burial, and resurrection. What has already been done for us and given to us. Can you say amen? Amen. And we need to continue to pray that. Because I assure you, we see very little of it. What he has done for us. Thank God what we see. But I I just know in my heart and mind. We we see very little. And that's why people continue. To beg God to do something. Millions of Christians. Are praying those two prayers. That God can't answer. Trying to get him to do something. He's already done. Trying to get him to do something. He told them to do us to do. And it's also why you see a lack of results. Why so many people are hurt and disappointed and frustrated. But God is faithful. Do you believe it or not? He doesn't change. So when we're not seeing the right results, realize number one, he's not going to change. Right? He doesn't need to. That only leaves one other side. Is that right? So number two, what needs to happen? If we're not seeing results, I need to start changing. I need to make some changes here somewhere 
And, and I've been in some places in my life. Uh, year, decades ago, Phyllis and I were in such a mess financially and, and hurting so bad. And, and uh, I, you, you've heard me talk about it. I cried out to the Lord, Lord, I know this is not your will. Show me what I need to see. I realized I, I got to make a change here somewhere. And he did. Seemed like over the next five years, almost every day, he was showing me something, showing me something. And, and I was the one that was holding back my blessing, not him. How many believe it's always that way? Yes. And, and, and focusing on trying to get God to come down and do something for me is misdirection. It's a lack of understanding. I want you to, to look at this, this passage again and I actually want to lead you. I want us to pray it over ourselves right now. Are you okay yeah, yeah, yeah. with that? Ephesians 1. Said out loud, Father God, I pray, God, I pray that, you, that you, the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the, Lord Jesus Christ, the, Father, of glory, the Father of glory, that you'd give to me, give to me the, spirit the Spirit of wisdom and revelation, and revelation in the knowledge of you. In the knowledge of Christ, the eyes of my understanding being enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of his calling, that I may know what the riches of the glory of his inheritance and of our inheritance in the saints reveal to me that I may know. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, to me, who believes according to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in the heavenly places? Help me to realize what has happened. And what belongs to me. And how to walk in it. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. This is the kind of praying we should be doing. Instead of begging God to do something. When he's already done. Everything. The Lord does not need to go back to the cross. We don't need to try to get him to come down. We don't need to try to get him to come up. Did the Bible say, don't say that? Don't say that. Don't, don't pray that. Don't look at that. Don't say that. Praise be to God. Are you okay? Is this okay? Look with me in Second Peter. First chapter. They'll put it on the screen for us. Second Peter 1 and verse 1. 2 Peter 1 and 1, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith. Faith is precious and rare. You don't find it everywhere. Now, all believers have the capacity for it, but many have not developed it. That have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God. Through what? Through what? Knowledge. knowledge. And the, this, this doesn't just mean book knowledge. This is experiential knowledge. Experiencing knowing Him and of Jesus our Lord. 
according as his divine power has what? Come on, say it out loud. His divine power power has given given unto us us all things things that pertain pertain unto life life and godliness. godliness. Through what? Through the knowledge. That's what we were praying just a moment ago that we'd know. Through the knowledge of him that's called us to his glory and virtue. Has the Lord given us anything? What hasn't he given us? (laughs) What do we need that he hasn't given us? We needed salvation. We needed the new birth. We needed forgiveness of sin. We needed cleansing and washing. Has he bought it? Has he paid for it? Has he given it to us? In this life, we need healing. We need strength. We need material provision. Has he done anything about that? Has he made provision? Well, if he has already made provision for forgiveness, new birth, all these things, why are there billions of people not born again? Look with me back to Ephesians. I probably should have had you hold your place there. Go back to Ephesians. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture, but uh, I want you to let your eyes rest on it. Ephesians 2 and 8. Ephesians 2 and 8. He said, uh, by grace are you saved. That's not the end of the sentence. Through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is what? The gift of God. All that God has given us is His grace. You you can use the word grace and the word gift interchangeably almost. A gift, and you might say it like this, free gift. Free gift. A gift is not something that is owed to you or that you deserve or that you earned. It's unmerited, undeserved, free gift. And there's a lot of talk about grace these days. And some of it I agree with, some of it I don't. Now I'll explain. If, if everything from God is only by His grace, and His grace has already bought and paid for everything, and it has, then everyone will be saved. If it's, if it's only and completely all by His grace, because Jesus has paid for all the sins of mankind, past, present, and future. But here's the thing. The only grace you or I or any of us will experience and enjoy is the grace we receive. The grace we receive. Because all, let me say it like this, the only gift you'll enjoy, (laughs) right, is what? The gift you what? Receive. Receive. 
the, the Lord, in, in me praying about some of these things, the Lord brought to my remembrance a situation that happened with me some years ago. And uh, it was with a young man that was working with me in the ministry. And the Lord prompted me to sow to him, give to him the best watch I had. Now, it wasn't a super expensive watch, but at that time, it's the best one I had. And so I was glad to do it, happy to do it. And I came to him one afternoon. I said, uh, Brother, I said, uh, I, I'd like to sow to you, give you this watch. And I, I took it off and I handed it to him and he looked at me and he said, uh, that's, that's an expensive watch. I said, well, it's, you know, it's not the cheapest one. I said, but, you know, it's not costing you anything. I said, uh, he, he said, I can't, I can't accept that. I said, yeah, you can. I mean, you, you open your hand. I, I'll put it right there. You close your hand. You'll have it. He said, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't accept that. That's, a, that's an expensive watch. And I just, I just can't. I said, really? Now, you know, he, he doesn't realize what he's saying and doing. But he's, in his actions, he's saying, you didn't hear from God. You don't know what you're doing. I'm denying you the opportunity to reap a harvest off of this. Come on, can you see this? I know he didn't realize all that, but, but that's what he's saying and doing. And, and he just absolutely refused. And so I, I didn't want to push it. I, I said, okay. He didn't know it, but he aggravated me. I, I didn't let on, but I was not pleased. And, and the Lord brought that. I'm talking about just recently now. That happened years ago, decades ago. But just recently, the Lord brought that back to me, talking about this, that statement, the only grace you'll experience is the grace you receive. Now, the grace for the new birth, by grace you are saved, what? What? Not, not just by the grace. If it's only by the grace, then everybody is saved regardless of what they do or believe or say. Because Jesus paid the price for everybody. Did he or not? But then the Lord asked me about this. He said, uh, did that young man enjoy that watch? I said, no, never. He said, was it because you didn't give it to him? I said, no, I gave it in my heart. I mean, I, I thought it was done. He said, but he never enjoyed it. Why? Because the only gift you enjoy is the gift you receive. Come on, can you see this? So will everybody on the planet be saved? No, they will not. And it's not because the Lord didn't pay the price for them. And it's not because the Lord needs to do something else to save them. Why would it be? Because millions won't receive him. In fact, in, in the first chapter of John, it said, He came unto His own. And what? They wouldn't receive Him. And He, although He is God Almighty, Creator of heavens and earth, He will not force anyone to receive Him. And that lets you know a whole lot because if He was ever going to force anybody to do anything, He would force you to receive Him and get saved because that's heaven and hell. That's eternity. And if He's not going to force you to do that, He's certainly not going to force you to do lesser things. So in answering this question, why won't God heal me? 
Help me out, saints. Are you, are you any closer to an answer on this? Huh? <laughs> what, what I have found, the further I go, is that so many times the reason the answers seem so elusive is because you're asking the wrong question. You're not even in the right county. <laughs> Y'all with me or not? And that's why it's so hard to get the answer. Because you're asking the wrong question. Go with me to Luke. <laughs> Luke, I believe it's chapter 13. Yeah, chapter 13. Well, this is going a little bit different, but can you handle it? Can you, can, can you see it in the scriptures or no? That's a little weak. Huh? I'm not making this up, right? I mean, you see, you see it in the scriptures. Luke 13, are you there? Verse 1. He said, Jesus brings this up. He said, there are present at the season some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Now this is a, a cruel, violent thing that happened. Some individuals were offering their sacrifices at the temple. And what did it say? Pilate, verse 1. He, uh, yeah, Pilate sent and slaughtered them. While they were slaughtering the animals. And so the blood of the sacrifice and the blood of the people that offered it flowed together. It was a slaughter. It's the kind of thing today would have been on the news. Terrible, violent act. Verse 2. Jesus answered and said to them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all Galileans because they suffered such things? Jesus brings this up. Why did this terrible thing happen to them? You ever heard this kind of thing before? Yes. Why do bad things happen to good people, bad people, random people? Why does it happen? Jesus is answering this right here. He said, do you think that that happened to them? Because they were the worst people in Galilee. Verse 3, what did he say? I tell you, no. No. So when you see tragedies, destruction, violence, do not assume sin. Now with me, friends. You see, I've heard preachers talk about this. Something bad happened to a city. Something bad happened to a family or a group. And they start talking about, yeah, God's judging sin. God's judging sin. You can be way off. Way off. And if you care about having some protection and mercy in your life, you'll sow some mercy. Even if it was something that they did wrong. If you care about them, you don't want to see them destroyed. Is that right? You want them to come to the Lord. You want them to have mercy. You want them to recover. You want them to be okay. Come out of this, right? That's what love wants. He said, I tell you, no, but except you repent. Huh? <laughs> you shall all 
likewise perish. Unless you repent, any of you are in danger of the same thing happening. Read it. Keep, keep going. Those 18. Now the Lord's bringing this up to the crowd. Those 18 that the tower in Siloam fell and slew them, killed them. So this would have been on the news. There was a tower that fell. And there were people there around it. 18 people got killed when this tower fell. And the Lord brings it up and says, Do you think that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? Because that happened to them? They they were the worst people in Jerusalem? What's the answer? I tell you, Jesus said, no. But what? He says it again. Except you what? Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And you hear people saying, wonder why God did that. Why did God, you know, crush those people with that building? Why did God, you know, kill those people with that tornado? Why, why did God do that? Why did God take them in, in the prime of life, teenagers, in that car wreck? You're asking the wrong question. And that's why you won't get an answer. God didn't. He's not the thief. He's not the killer. He's not the destroyer. Jesus said the thief comes not. But for to steal Kill and destroy. Is God the thief? Is Jesus the thief? How many understand be blasphemy to call God the thief? Well, then there's somebody else doing this. There's a devil. He's a killer. He's a destroyer. But what determines who he can and who he can't? Because the scripture says he goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he... Don't you like that word? Whom he may devour. There's some he can get to and there's some he can't. All you got to do is look around, see that? And what's Jesus saying? See, here's the people asking the wrong question. Why did God do that to them? Why did God kill those people? Why did, well, well, if he didn't do it, he let it happen. He must have had some purpose. No, you're still thinking wrong. Still asking the wrong question. Here's the right question. Why wasn't the Lord able to protect them? Is everybody listening? That's the right question. And what did he say is the answer to that? You need to change. He's saying, he told the people that were in the crowd that day that most of them were just as vulnerable for these kind of things happening to them as the Tower, the people the tower fell on and the others. But if you'd make a change, if you'd repent, come on, are y'all listening? Then what would happen? The Lord would be able to protect you. He'd be able to keep you. It's not just all up to God. And everything that's happening is not God. He's not the killer. He's not the thief. He's not the destroyer. And the same thing is true when you say, why won't God heal me? You're asking the wrong question. What does he need to do? Does he need to come down from heaven? Jesus needs to go back to the scourging post and bear some more stripes? What needs to happen? I need to change. 
What, what needs to happen? Or, you know, being born again. Like, like we said, it's the same exact question for somebody to say, God, why won't you save me? He doesn't need to go back to the cross. Here's the question. Why haven't I received it? Come on, are y'all listening? This is the right question. How do I receive it? Why haven't I received it? Because it is his will. It's bought and paid for. Come on, are y'all with me? It's provided. It's already been given. All spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Everything that pertains to life and godliness. But does that mean you'll automatically enjoy it? No. No. What gifts do you enjoy? What grace do you enjoy? Only what you receive. Receive. This is what we should focus on. How to receive. How to receive. Why haven't I received this? That would be a good question to ask. Hmm? It's all right to ask the Lord. Lord, show me. Why haven't I received this? Go with me to Mark. Chapter 11. Verse 22. Y'all okay? The word doesn't change. Doesn't need to. God doesn't change. Doesn't need to. Can you see what we're talking about? There's many times we've asked the wrong questions. And it's not because we're so dumb and slow. It's because the enemy is working overtime to confuse you, to mislead you, to misdirect you. Because if he can keep you on the wrong path, you'll never get an answer. But you just persist in seeking the Lord, in reading your chapter every day. Come on, y'all with me. Coming to church, feeding your faith, feeding your spirit. Even if you don't get it the first couple of weeks or even the first month, if you stay after it, you'll get it. The Lord will help you. He'll show you. If you don't get it the first nine times, He'll show you again. He'll help you. But the moment you start blaming Him and getting mad at Him and upset at Him, God, why won't you do this? Why haven't you done this? Why'd you let this happen? Why didn't you do that? You're accusing Him of not caring about you. You're accusing Him of being unfaithful. You're telling Him you don't believe in His love and in His character. You don't believe he's already done these things for you. This will put you in a place where you can't get help. If you're mad at your solution, if you decide you're miffed and are distancing yourself from your answer, that's how you can go for 40 years and just get more and more bitter and more and more frustrated and confused. God is not your problem. He's the answer. Do you believe it? He's not against us. He's not trying to keep things from us. He's not trying to hold us in the dark. We live in a dark place, full of curse and the enemy trying to confuse us. And that's why you got to be persistent. And you got to pursue the light, pursue the word. Stay with it until you see. And when you see, you won't ask anybody, did I see it? (laughs) You don't have to ask anybody. When the light goes off, faith is there. 
Hallelujah. Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus said to them, have faith in God. What's the understood subject? You. You have faith in God. Verse 23. For verily I say to you, that whoever will say to this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. There's a whole lot of he in this verse. Can you see this, friends? What Jesus say, how it's going to work. You, you have faith in God. You speak. You don't doubt in your heart. You believe what you say comes to pass. You'll have what you say. You, 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 he or her works out the same. There's a whole lot of he. People try to make it all God. But notice what, where Jesus put the emphasis. Verse 24. Therefore I say to you. The Lord's. He's talking about the same faith. But he's talking about different application. Application of faith in saying. And application of faith in praying. There are times you shouldn't be praying about it. You should be speaking to it. And the other times, it's not time to speak. It's time to pray. He said, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. There's a whole lot of you in that verse. God, why won't you heal me? God, why won't you meet my needs? God, why won't you help me? You're asking the wrong question. The Lord puts the emphasis on us. Does he or not? Whatever you desire. You, when you pray, believe what? Oh, here's where we're getting to it. We're really getting to it here. Believe what? Now, not just think, believe. That, that means be persuaded, be convinced. You're not vacillating or wavering about it. You are convinced of this. You can't pray the prayer of faith about something if you're still questioning God's will about it. And this is... This is one, one of the things that also results in a lot of confusion. You'll hear people say, I am believing. I am believing. And the truth is, they're not. Just because you say you are, doesn't mean you do. I've been believing for X amount of time. Have you? Believing what? Everybody said out loud, believing what? Believing what? Believing what? But here the Lord very specifically told us what to believe. Believe what? Whatever you're praying about, whatever you're desiring, believe what? And you'll find that good people, Christians, they they interject 500 different things in here instead of what Jesus said to believe. Well, I just believe now that when God gets ready... 
in his own good time, his own good way, he's going to heal me. You're saying he needs to do something else. Then what's already, what else is he going to do? You're saying it's not his will for you to enjoy it right now. Where'd you get that? Never did anybody ever come to Jesus and him tell them, it's not my will for you to be healed or you need to wait a while. Never. Somebody say never, never, never. never. Well, that's what I believe. In order to believe something, you, there's something you should have if it's scriptural. Some scriptures. Where's at least one instance where this is said and done? Well, I just, I just believe that one of these days, God's going to do it. Well, you're believing wrong. You're believing wrong. He's already provided it. Hmm? What else does he need to do? Well, I don't have it yet. I, I don't feel it. You're walking by sight. You're walking by feeling. And he said, we must believe. Somebody say, believe. 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 Believe what? Believe what? I believe God can do it. I believe, I believe with all of my heart that God can do it. You can go the rest of your life and never experience it. It's good you believe he can do it. But that's not what he said. He didn't say believe God can do it. Even, I mean, this is wonderful. I believe it's God's will. That's great. But that won't get it done. What did he say to believe? Believe that you what? Receive. Receive. This same word is numerous times in the same New Testament translated T-A-K-E. Take. So it's just as accurate to translate it take as it is receive. Same word. Search it out for yourself if you like. Take. Believe that you receive it. Believe that you take it. And what will happen? Jesus said... You'll have it after you believe you take it. You'll experience it. It's already been given, but we don't, we don't experience any gifts except the ones we receive. Oh, somebody say receive, receive. Believe what? Believe, let's say, let's say it's a healing. First of all, we got to be completely convinced that healing is God's will for us. Hmm? That Jesus took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. He carried our pains. By stripes, we were and are healed. Is that right? We have been blessed with this. We have been given this. Well, then why am I not experiencing it? Got to receive it. I said you got to receive it. How do you receive it? Through faith. All, everything comes by grace. By grace, healing belongs to us. By grace, it's been bought and paid for. By grace, it's been given to us. But that's, that's not the end. Everything that's been given must be received. How do you receive it? By faith. It's not that you feel that you take it. It's not that you imagine that you take it. It's not that you reason that you take it. You believe that you take it. 
Can you say amen? amen? It has nothing to do with feelings. Didn't say believe you feel it. <laughs> hmm? And you see people get, on, get misfocused and say, well, you know, I've had people ask me many times, believe, I'm going to the doctor, Brother Keith, believe with me that I get a good report. No. What? No. You're saying you don't believe you, it's already been given to you. You're saying that the report will convince you. Your faith's in the report, not in the word. You're walking beside. You're saying you're not going to believe it. You're not going to breathe the sigh of relief. You're not going to believe you received anything unless and until some expert tells you. Come on here with me. Can you see that's misplaced faith? You, you, well, I shouldn't say that. It's no faith at all. You're walking beside. You'll believe it when you see it, which is too late to believe it. <laughs> faith is the evidence of things not seen. Come on, are y'all with me or not? What am I to believe? believe not that you feel it. You can be hurting worse than you ever have after you pray the prayer. And that doesn't change what happens spiritually. I believe that I receive. Hallelujah. Healing. The Lord bought it. He paid for it. He gave it to me. Now let's, let's just stop right here. We already know this concerning forgiveness. That's how we, we operate. We, we practice this. We, we know you hear people say, well, we don't need to repent. Because the Lord's already paid for all our sins, past, present, and future. Why, would, why should we repent? It's already forgiven. It's not received unless you receive it. And if you violate your conscience and you violate light, then your own heart will condemn you. It ain't God condemning you. It's your own heart. Yeah, I just got to get rid of that condemnation. How are you going to get rid of it? I'm just going to say there is no condemnation. You got to do something else. You need to acknowledge that you violated light or sin. You're not trying to get God to do something to forgive you or pay for it. He's already done that. But you or I, whatever the case, we need to receive the forgiveness. We need to receive the cleansing. We need to receive the righteousness. Come on, can you see this? And if we'll do it by faith, then our conscience will clear up. Hallelujah. We'll, lo- we'll uh, lose the condemnation. But to just say, I don't need to repent. Well, you know, First John talked about if you're walking in darkness and you're saying you haven't sinned, you call God a liar. There's a lot of confusion about these things. But it really helped me to understand all grace is a gift. But the only gifts we experience and enjoy are the ones we receive. And the way you receive it is by faith. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Go with me to Luke. I believe it's the 18th chapter. Luke 18, thanks be to God. Have I got any believers in the house? Have I I got any receivers 
in the house. How do you receive? I um. Th- there's another verse you need to see before uh, before we go there. On your way there, go by First Corinthians. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. First Corinthians, second chapter. First Corinthians two, verse fourteen. Uh, back up to verse twelve. First Corinthians two twelve. Now you have what? Received. Received. Not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that you might what? No, the things that are freely given to us of God. You'll see, you'll see this kind of thinking all through the epistles. Not that we need to try to talk God into doing something for us. We need to find out what he's done. And the spirit of God is given to us to reveal to us what belongs to us. Verse 13. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, what? Receives not not the things of the Spirit of God, for their foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. How do you receive spiritual blessings? With your spirit. Not with your head. Not with your physical hand. Not with your intellect or your reason. Spiritual things are spiritually discerned. Can you see that, friends? And so, there are people who mock these kind of things. But I... I respect the Bible. How about you? How do I receive a spiritual thing? Remember what he said? We have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. God the Father, Jesus the Son, doesn't need to do anything else to, to provide for us forgiveness or cleansing or the new birth or healing, the Holy Spirit, deliverance. It's bought. How many believe it's bought? It's bought, it's paid for, and given. Is it given? Well, then why isn't the whole world enjoying it? Because the only gift you enjoy is the one you receive. How do I receive a spiritual thing that I can't see, that I can't feel, that I can't touch? You already know how. You received the new birth. You already know how. How many in here has received forgiveness? Come on, I want to see you. Come on, I hope I hope you can raise your hand. If not, you need to get with it tonight. How many have received? You made a mistake. You messed up, even, even since you've been born again. And you received forgiveness for it, though. You, you're not just going to live in condemnation. You received forgiveness. You received cleansing. And you really believe you have received it 
Do you? Then that means you did. You actually laid hold of it with the hand of faith and you received it and you have it. You're experiencing being forgiven. You're experiencing the consciousness of being made righteous by the blood of the Lamb. Come on, is that right or not? You received something. This is exactly how you receive a healing or anything else. But it is spiritually discerned and it is spiritually received, which is why you must believe you receive it. You believe that you take it. Hallelujah. Not that you feel it. Not that you, you know, anything else. But that you believe. Well, what makes you think you got it? What makes you think you're born again? What makes you think your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life? What makes you think you're forgiven and cleansed? What makes you think you believed? Jesus bought and paid for it. You believed. It's already been done. And you believed you received it. And you have it by faith. And you do. And the effects of it are showing up in your life. If the effects will show up in your spirit and in your mind and in your emotions, why couldn't the effects show up in your body too? They do. They do. We shouldn't say, why won't God heal me? Any more than we say, why won't God save me or my family? Why won't God save my family? Why won't God save my friend? Don't pray that way. You're trying to say, God, come down from heaven and do something to save them. Thinking wrong. Lord, send laborers across their path. Right? Open their eyes and their ears to understand what you've done for them. Right? Because it's not a matter that the Lord needs to do something to save them. What needs to happen? Come on, help me out. They need to receive Jesus. Is that right? As their Lord and Savior. They need to receive forgiveness and cleansing just like you did, just like I did. We're not waiting on God to save them. It's not that God in his own good time and way later on, he's going, you know, that God's mysterious will is for them to live like a heathen for another ten years. When randomly one day, we don't know why, he decided to save them. No, no. They could have been born again years ago. Just like you could have been. Right? Most of us could have been born again a long time before we were. Which means most of us could have been healed a long time before we were. I mean, all this is the same. It works the same. Because all of it finds its yes and amen through the same Christ who bought and paid for it all. Does this stir you up at all? Man, I'm I'm stirring in my spirit. I believe we're going to see some results. I believe we're going to see some some results in some areas where we hadn't seen them. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Just just pray this out loud. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I believe what this word says, that Jesus has already bought and paid for everything. I will ever need. And you don't need to come down from heaven. 
He doesn't need to come up from the depth to do something for me. It's already been done. I ask you, Lord, teach me how to receive it. Show me how to lay hold, how to take and receive what you so freely given by grace with my faith. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Believe what? Believe what? Believe that you receive or take. Believe you you lay hold of it and take it. How you take it? Just like you took your forgiveness. Just like you received Jesus as Lord. Exactly the same. Exactly the same. You're just receiving a healing or an answer or the Holy Spirit or something to pay your bills with. Right? Quit begging God for money. Hmm? Lay hold. Believe you receive. Luke 18. And then I want us to act on this. Luke chapter 18. Verse 17. Luke 18, 17. Now the enemy will do his best to keep you from seeing this. Keep you from getting this because you get a hold of this, you become a problem for him. I'm telling you. <laughs> you become a problem for him. Well, what do you mean? Well, uh, the, these churches, this ministry for instance, we're, we're one of many, but we're you know, we're causing some ripples. I just heard some amazing testimonies this past week about people completely healed that should have been dead long ago from terminal cancer. Oh, somebody say glory to God. I've heard about people getting saved, people getting delivered. Hallelujah. Well, the enemy don't like that. Come on, can you see that? How are these things happen? We learned how years ago To not just beg and cry, but to believe we receive something to do something with. Believe we receive a vehicle to go somewhere and preach the gospel. Then we got to where we believe we receive for a building. Come on, y'all listening. Then believe we receive for a church. Come on, can you see this? And we just keep on believing we receive, believing we receive. And God keeps on causing it to come in. Come on, can you see this? He's already provided, but as soon as you believe you receive, forces are released. Oh, come on, can you see that? Forces are released to manifest what's already been bought and paid for long ago. What anybody could receive and experience if they would. Not waiting on God to decide to give it. But on us to receive it. Luke eighteen seventeen, Jesus said. Verily I say to you. Whoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child. Shall in no wise enter therein. You know over Christmas. If you were here we talked about this briefly. The Lord reminded me of little children on Christmas time. You know when it comes time to open the presents. Now, now, little child, he says. These are little ones. You never saw a little one 
come down to the Christmas tree with presents all around and look at them. And their parents say, here, here, Judy, here, Bob, this is your present. And they look at it and go, oh, I can't. I I just, I I can't receive. In the time it took me to say that, they already got the paper off. Is that right? Why? Because little children haven't learned all this junk yet. And what the, what the Jesus is saying, you've got to be like them. When I give you something and I tell you it's yours, you better have the paper half torn off. Come on now, listen. By the time I get through telling you it's yours, and don't act with some kind of false, phony humility. Oh, I can't. I don't deserve it. He already knew you didn't deserve it. That's why he had to go buy it and pay for it and give it to you. Or I'm not worthy. He already knew that. That's why he had to pay for it. You couldn't get it. That's why he had to get it. It's a gift. Oh, somebody say gift, gift, gift. Healing's not a reward for how good a Christian you've been. Blessing, abundance, these are not rewards for how good a job you've done being a Christian. They're already bought, paid for before you were born. Before you ever did anything, it was already bought and paid for and given to you and me. It's a gift. Free gift. But we got to become simplistic in faith. And when he says, this belongs to you, what do we say? <laughs> I believe. I receive it. <laughs> I believe I takes it. Now. Come on, are y'all with me or not? How do you get it? Spiritual things with, with spiritual reception. It's not a feeling. It's not a reasoning. It's not a touch. Physical touch. Now notice this in the ministry of Jesus. Luke 18. We, we read, what, what verse was that? Verse 17. You got to receive like a little child. Skip down to the end of the, uh, the chapter. Verse 35. It came to pass that as he was come near to Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. Many times people have had the idea that, that blindness is something that's hard to heal, difficult to heal. No, for you it's impossible. <laughs> also, a light headache is impossible for you to heal. We're not talking about you healing anything or me healing anything. Who is the healer? Come on, help me out. But whether it's a light headache or a little stomach disturbance or terminal cancer or AIDS or whatever it is, all of this was laid on Jesus. Come on, was it laid on him or not? It was laid on him. Did he pay for it? Did he take it? Listen to the language. Himself took our infirmities and he carried our pains. How did he take all of our weaknesses and sicknesses? By faith. Spiritually, he took it. How do we get the healing that he gave us? We have to believe we take it. Come on, can you see this? He took by faith all that junk and gave us the answer, the healing. By faith, we take it. He didn't deserve punishment, but he took it. We don't deserve these blessings. But we take them anyway. Is that right? We take them. Verse 36. Hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. 
And uh, they said, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He cried and said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they that went before him rebuked him that he should hold his peace. But he didn't. He cried so much the more. He said, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought to him. And asked when he came near, he said, what do you want me to do for you? Now, you know, that might seem like an unnecessary question. But it's not. Because again, it's not all up to God. What do you want? He said, Lord, I want to receive my sight. Verse 42, Jesus said, well, that's pretty tough. <laughs> and you know, it's not always God's will. And, and we, we just don't always know why. Huh? Because, you know, sometimes God says yes. Sometimes he says no. And sometimes he says wait a while. Where is that verse? We just got, remember our text. Come on. We, all the promises of God. In him are what? Yes. And Amen. But people presume and go, yeah, but if it was God's will, I'd already have it. You do already have it. Given to you, you just hadn't received it. Just like millions on the planet are to have salvation available to them, but haven't received him. Haven't received it. What did Jesus tell him? Come on, help me out. Help me out. What did the man say? Jesus said, what do you want? What do you want? He said, I want to receive my sight. What did Jesus say? Well, receive it then. <laughs> Could it be that simple? Oh, come on. Could it be? Could it be? We're talking about blindness here. Could it be that simple? Just believe? You receive it? Well, a greater miracle than this is the new birth. Become a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Become a child of God. Eternal. Made in the likeness and image of Christ. You've already received that. So what's receiving a little repair work on your body? <laughs> Pre-existing structure. Huh? Jesus said to him. What did he say? Help me. Receive your sight. Your faith. Has saved you. He said this before the man can see. He said go ahead receive it right now. Your faith has saved you. He's talking like it's already done. Verse 43. And immediately what happened? He what? He what? He received his sight. And followed him glorifying God. And all the people when they saw it gave praise to God. Jesus said, what do you want? He said, I want to receive my sight. He said, receive your sight. So he received his sight. <laughs> We've made it too hard. We've asked the wrong questions. We've said, please God, 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 heal me, heal me. Why won't you heal me? Why won't you heal me? Come on, help me out. Why? He already has. Bought it, paid for it. Why won't God save my family? He already has bought it. He's already paid for it. What should we work on? There's nothing wrong with the sending in. What should we work on? 
the receiving end. And you don't have to heal yourself. You don't have to save yourself. What do you got to do? It's not a matter of feeling anything. It's not a matter of producing some tangible result. You're not the healer. That's not your job. What do you do? You believe. Can you believe? Come on, help me out. Can you believe? You can do this whenever we decide. Believe, not just anything, very specific. Whatever it is you prayed for and desired, when you pray, believe you receive that. And Jesus said, you'll have that. Stand on your feet, everybody.